Good morning, Point Way Church family and friends. I want to welcome you here this morning. As you can tell, we're still doing church online. We're not meeting together yet, but there is hope for the future. I say friends because as I've been looking and getting comments back that have friends from all the way from the East Coast to Canada that have been responding back and appreciate that and the encouragement. Thank you for your kind words. Um, We met with the elders this week and the elders and myself are planning to reopen May 10th. As you know, the governor's order ends on May 4th and so we are making preparations to open on May 10th and so that's exciting and so we're getting ready for that. I also want to remind you that the church here still has expenses. Things are still going on. And so I uh, would encourage you to continue to give. You can give online at pointway.org and choose which category. We have a few of them on there. And we also are still taking checks by mail. And we do check the mail and make deposits. So if you want to do it that way, that would be great. Also, I know the ladies are meeting on Tuesdays online. You can check with Amanda Wonders about that and the timing and how to do that. I think they're Zooming, as many of us have learned how to, to do meetings online. And uh, a band of brothers met this past week. We had a good time on Zoom as well and starting a new study there. And so check with Bryce with Band of Brothers. Yes, we are still getting together uh, through technology and uh, staying connected through emails and those type of things. I want to kind of shift gears this morning now as we head to our prayer focus, and maybe these verses sound familiar to you, um, but it helps us to kind of narrow in and kind of connect us as we pray this morning. And it's found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 on. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Again, God is there. He's still here, um, and he wants us to seek after him, and he wants us to pray to him, and again, to do it with the right heart motivations. He does listen to our prayers. I firmly believe that. Um, God answers all of our prayers in three ways. Yes, no, and wait. And though wait may be hard, it's still an answer. And everything falls into God's perfect timing. And so this morning, let's just take a moment and let's just pray with our hearts uh, for our church body, for those around us, and for our nation. Heavenly Father, we do come to you with our hearts longing to meet again, Lord, and Lord, we thank you that you meet us right where we're at, and that you comfort us, that you give us courage, you give us hope for the future, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you've blessed us with, and Lord, even during these troubled times, we ask that you would just continue to be with your people, that you'd watch over them, that you'd protect them, that you'd give them everything that they need. Lord, that you would just continue to heal our lands, Lord. Lord, I also think of our missionaries, Lord, that you would be with them as they are serving many of them in difficult places and under difficult circumstances, and that you would continue to do your work in their lives. Lord, help us not to lose sight of you and the mission that you've given us. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Good morning again, Pointway family. And as we're in this uh, difficult time and new season, um, we just had Easter last week and Resurrection Sunday. And yes, it was different, but that's a, a period in time. It's kind of a, a high holy day, if you want to use that term. Uh, with Easter. And again, it's one of those favorite times of year. There's a lot going on, and we celebrate the resurrection. And then there's the time afterwards. In fact, I used to joke that for pastors, you know, after you go through sunrise service, Good Friday service, and Easter, you're kind of like tired and exhausted. And there's that next Monday morning, like, whew. But then there's another Sunday coming. And so it's a kind of a transition time. And interestingly enough, it's a transition time for our churches as well, as, um, as I've mentioned that we are looking forward to opening on May 10th, and we're in this time of transition from being uh, shut in place to, to slowly moving our country forward to, to opening again. And you have to imagine back, the disciples were kind of in that same, same mode. They knew Jesus was not going to stay with them. Uh, he had died on the cross, he had been buried, he had resurrected, he was teaching them. And there's this in-between time, time in, in history, time and place, time for them spiritually. And there's changes coming soon. And so we're going to look at the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. And again, the whole book of Acts is a book of transitions. Transitions from the birthing of the church, which we're going to focus on this morning, uh, to ministries, to persecution, to extending the gospel, and uh, extending the gospel to Gentiles and to, to missionaries are all born out of this time. And it covers a well over a 30-year span of time. And, and again, it's an ever-evolving, ever-changing ministry. And so the book of Acts kind of chronicles that and shows some of the struggles, shows some of the, the key characters, how there's a, a shifting. We're going to watch some people come from persecuting the church to becoming some of the greatest missionaries. We're going to see the transition from the, the temple worship to some freedom in worship. And so the book of Acts does that for us. And uh, as you know, we've been studying the book of Luke, and it just so happens that Luke is the writer of Acts. And so he referenced himself or alludes to himself here and so let's begin with chapter 1 in Acts. Starts off with, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all, these, all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. All right, a couple things that we notice here. Again, the former book, historians, church history, we liken this. This is Luke that writes this, and there's other references as well. He puts himself with Paul when he was with Paul, and so we know that Luke is the, the author, and there's not much debate uh, with the book of Acts. Uh, the Theophilus that he, he speaks about here, uh, it's interesting that his name, his name actually means lover of God, which is interesting. Um, Luke is, is writing to him and, and, and kind of being the historian He's writing the beginning of the church, and so he's taking from eyewitnesses and the accounts there and his own experiences and putting them together. And so he writes these things about Jesus um, and, and that Jesus was still teaching. 
Remember, he had been with his disciples for, 12, uh, for three years, and he's been teaching them all along the way, day in and day out. And then even after his resurrection, when he's with them, he continues to teach them. He's continued to give them instructions. And it talks about teaching through the Holy Spirit. And again, we have that available to us today, and I'll get into that a little bit more about the Holy Spirit, because you really can't study the first beginnings of Acts without talking about the Holy Spirit. It's really where it comes to the the forefront, becomes the major part of the theme. Verse 3, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father's promise which you've heard me speak about. Again, he's alluding here to the Holy Spirit, right? And he's been mentioning this Holy Spirit, this thing that he's going to give them, this thing that's going to help them. And again, we could do a study on the Holy Spirit, and it would take a long time because there's a lot about the Holy Spirit that we uh, don't always understand. Um, sometimes in our churches, we even forget about the Holy Spirit. We don't, or we don't mention it as much. We talk about God the Father, Jesus, but we leave out the Holy Spirit. And Again, the Holy Spirit's vital to our Christian life, and we need that. We need its following, we need its teaching, we need its revealing. Uh, it's our strength, it's what connects us. And so Jesus is preparing them, and he gives them the command to stay in Jerusalem. Now, if you remember back, right after Jesus' crucifixion, what happened to the disciples? They scattered. They went back to, a lot many of them went back to their home villages, Right? They went back to their trades, their careers, back to being fishermen, back to their homes, right? They, they scattered about. They weren't, weren't together. They weren't cohesive anymore. They had become disjointed. They thought, well, that was a great three years. Now, now what? And so they had come to Jerusalem for that time of Passover. And so he says, you need to stay here. Don't, don't go back. Stay back here. Stay back in Jerusalem. I've got something for you. I've got a gift that's waiting for you. Verse 5. It says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And again, that word baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's, there's some teaching on that as well. But the Holy Spirit, it's just more that it, it becomes part of you, in you. It's overwhelming you. Uh, as I like to use the word marinate, it marinates. It should marinate through you. And again, if the Holy Spirit's not marinating through you and in you, um, there's reasons for that. There's reasons why you're not listening to the Holy Spirit anymore. You, maybe you grieved it. Maybe there's sin issues you need to work, work through. But that Holy Spirit should permeate through you. It should be evident in your life. Again, a lot can be said about the Holy Spirit. But that, that overwashing, that filling completely of the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. So when they had met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Interesting. In their mindset, they are still kind of stuck on that part that, and which is not a bad thing, that Jesus is king. But again, they're looking for that kingdom to start right then and there. And again, not a bad want or a wish, but it's not the time. 
Jesus has not set up his kingdom here on earth yet. Again, he's getting ready for that, but it's not the time yet. But they're asking that. You know, again, they're looking back towards that. They're you know, saying, hey, all right, you didn't do it the first time. You had to go through the crucifixion, the resurrection. But now is now the time. And then once again, Jesus lets him know, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. It's all a matter of God's timing. It's not time yet. It's not ready. Um, we could still ask that question today. Is it time? I believe we're getting closer. But again, I don't know the time. Pastor Charlie does not know the time. God has not revealed that to him. Um, and I would question even if he did reveal it to me because, again, that's up to God. God's timing will be perfect. But meanwhile... We have things to do in that time period. While, while we're waiting anxiously um, for that day to come, there are things for us to do. And let's look at some of those. Here's a, a verse that you might want to kind of jot down or underline here, verse 8. Um, the Alliance uses this verse as a theme verse. It's been our key verse for many times. It's actually a key book verse for the whole book of Acts. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we use it as a great, it's a great missionary verse, right? It's a great uh, verse to use for, for sharing the gospel. Um, we quite often attach our locations to this verse when we use it, right? Our Jerusalem is a, our town or a city that we live in. <clears throat> our Judea might be the the county or maybe even the surrounding towns a little bit further out. Or our Samaria, maybe our cities, maybe our United States. And of course, the ends of the earth encompasses the whole world. But they would have understood. It's uh, the meaning of the, it starts here and then it goes outward. It's an outward focus at the very least. We're looking out to share, to be the witness to say what's been done. Again, what, are, what have they just witnessed? Right? They've just witnessed Jesus Christ dying on the cross for them, his burial, his resurrection. Right? He's a living king. That's what they've witnessed. And so he's telling them, that's what you need to share. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Again, it's a huge shift in the religion that they've been brought up with, Religion and everything up to this point has now changed. And now it's shifting towards this new model. And again, the Holy Spirit's going to help them with that. They need to rely upon the Holy Spirit. Right? It's interesting. God's asking them to do something, to step out in faith and do it. But he says, you know what? I'm not going to let you just do it on your own. I'm going to give you something to help you. And can I tell you this morning that it's the same way now. If God asks you to do something... He will equip you. He will give you what you need to do it. Our part is to step out in, in, in faith and do that. Again, great verse. Um, again, you use it for, for witnessing, tell, sharing the gospel, but even in making decisions in our own lives and, and what to do next. We could really put this prayer into each and every day. God, tell me what it is you want me to do today. You want me to witness here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth? And I would challenge you to think of doing all of these, not an either or, 
but an and both. After this, verse 9, he says, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So again, he's teaching them, he's told them to stay in Jerusalem, he's given them this command, this is last words I want you to do, and then all of a sudden he's just taken up into the clouds right before them. Not a poof, but a just gone right from their sight. I love verse 10. In verse 10, you kind of get the reaction, right? They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Again, there's a, a lot here. And again, of course, they're watching him go up and they're wondering, oh, I'm sure, is he going to come back down? I know what he's told us to do, but, you know, what's next or, or what's going to happen? And again, God sends his messengers. He sends two angels to, to inform them, to let them know. And, and it's kind of interesting. These two angels kind of give them a little boost, a little, little kick in the pants, as I would like to say. So why do you stand here looking in the sky? Right? But then he also gives them the comfort. He says, the same way that Jesus has been taken up will be the same way that he will come back. Turns. And we look for that. We look for that. We long for that day when Jesus returns, coming in the clouds. Now I'm going to do something this morning that I don't normally do, but again, for the sake of time and for the sake of study, and again, I would encourage you to study this, I'm actually going to skip from chapter 1, this first paragraph, all the way to chapter 2, near the end of the, the passage. But there's a lot that goes on. There's the choosing of the, the next disciple, right? And you can certainly read about that, and that takes you to the end of chapter 1. And then chapter 2, a very important chapter, talks about the Holy Spirit and how that comes and the power that it comes to not only the apostles, but all that were there, the crowd that was gathered. And then you also have Peter's great sermon as he addresses the crowd. Peter gives a very powerful, a very Scripture-based sermon. I've heard people say, well, you know, we should use that model in preaching. Well, that would be great if we were in that mode, in that setting, and obviously with those people um, from a Jewish background. But again, there are no model sermons in that regards. Um, it doesn't fit. It wouldn't be something you'd want to preach week in and week out. But there is a lot in there. And again, we know the Holy Spirit comes on them in power, and everyone is under the ending. There's a lot that goes on in that. And so I want to encourage you to read the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2 this week. Really take some time and, and look through it. Look at the details. Look at the words. Look at the connection that Peter makes between Jesus, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the Old Testament, and how it was predicted and how it was fulfilled, more importantly, through Jesus Christ. And even at the end of it, Peter is pointing to, hey, Jesus is alive. He sits at the right hand of God. That's where he is. And then we also see the, the great fact. I'm going to read the, the response to this great sermon. Um, it kind of sums up in verse 37. It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And then they asked Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? 
Again, if you've ever led someone to Christ or you've watched someone come to Christ, you see it's a heart change. They're cut to the heart. And again, that's kind of an interesting phrase, but it's, it's an opening of the heart. There's a huge change about to take place, or there should be, right? It's when you realize the weight of your sin and the need of a Savior. And so that's what's taking place here. And I love the question, brothers, what shall we do? And again, I've been asked that question many times, and it's always interesting. There's so much excitement, and there's so much pent-up um, ambition and emotions. It's like, what do I do next? What do I do next? You know, what, you know what, what do I read? What do I have to do? And Peter answers them here, repent and be baptized. Again, that's why in our church tradition here that we, we as people get saved, uh, we encourage them to get baptized, to identify that we've had that heart change, that we've been cut to the heart, identifying with Christ. And again, we do it as obedience in, through scriptures, but we also do it as a, a public statement to let others know that we're a follower of Jesus Christ. And so with that comes, obviously, the forgiveness of sins. And so Peter wraps up that sermon, and again, I just love that little insight of what takes place. And this takes place over and over and over again during this time. Again, it's the birthing of the church. This is the very beginnings of church, right? Up until this point, it's been temple, worship, historical, traditional dry in many cases, not done well, not done right, tradition. And now it switches over to a heart transformation. Morning again of the church. And I want to touch on a few of those things just a little bit this morning. Again, as Peter has preached this, and again, God added to their numbers. It says about 3,000 were added to their number in that day. And again, as the Holy Spirit does that work, it draws people to God. It still does that today. I'm always amazed at, at that working. I don't know why I should be. I, I know that it does, but I am. I am amazed to watch as people come to Christ. And they come from all different places, all different spectrums of life, um, rich, poor, uh, broken, raised in Christian homes, not raised in Christian homes. When they come to Christ, there's that adding to the number. Uh, even our own Point Way Church family, we have a blended mix of people here from all different areas and walks of life. You even have some New Englanders here um, that God's brought together, and that's amazing in itself. But really, we have people that come together that are like-minded, that are connected. And again, only God can do that. He brings those people. He draws those people. The Holy Spirit draws them in together. But we're like-minded because we believe in those core things. And that's what holds us together. And that's important too. It's part of the, the fellowship and part of the coming together, that instant connection that we have through the Holy Spirit. And so I want to look a little bit at the response. And so kind of picking the story back again. I know I went from chapter 1 to summarize a little bit of 2 and to the end of chapter 2 to verse 42. Because I think there's some things in here, some great principles to when we get back together again. That helps us keep connected. There's some keys to being a believer and being that body of Christ, being part of the church, being the church. So verse 42, 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching okay, couple, and to the fellowship of the breaking in bread and to prayer. Okay, a couple of things right here and there, right? Some things that we can take directly from this, this sentence here. That devotion to teaching, right? Again, we don't have apostles here today. I am not an apostle. I don't meet the criteria. Uh, I, don't, I would never claim to be. And again, certainly there's the teaching from sermons. There's the teaching from studies. Uh, we use Right Now Media here. There's some great teachers on there, and we, we use that for some of our small groups. But you know what? You can even just devote yourself, not just, you should devote yourself to just reading God's Word. I really believe that the, the Scriptures were written for everyone. Holy Spirit can speak to us, no matter the level of our education, no matter the, the, our backgrounds, the scriptures can be revealed to each and every one of us. And so, but we need to, as it says here, devote ourselves. We need to invest some time. We need to put some effort into it. And again, it's not a one and done. It's not a, a checklist. Oop, I read my Bible. I'm all set. But we have to devote to it. We have to be consistent in it. We have to do it when we don't feel like it. We have to do it sometimes when it's not convenient. Well, that means getting up a little bit earlier or staying a little bit later or putting something else off. But we have to be devoted to it. We have to be committed to it, to the teachings and the reading of God's Word. It's vital. It's important to us. I love the fact that I tend to do mine in the morning and uh, that sometimes, you know, I'm rushed. I'm like everyone else. I have my mornings where I'm rushing, trying to get out of the house. And, and even if I grab a paragraph, it's amazing how many times during the day that paragraph will come back to mind, right? I'm not one of these, well, you have to read a chapter, you have to read three chapters, or again, those aren't inspired in God's Word anyways. But just read something each and every day. Again, some days it'll be more, some days it'll be less. But God will give you what you need through His Word. And again, he uses it in my own life. And, and again, those situations come up and it's just what I need for the moment that I need it in. And so we need to devote ourselves to that. We need to devote ourselves to the fellowship. Again, the breaking of bread. And that culture of breaking of bread was a sign of connectedness. It was, you were family. If you broke bread, you were, you were connected, you were instantly welcomed. You know, we're, many of us are missing that. I will say it. You do not get that through the internet. And again, I'm thankful that we have the internet. I'm thankful that we, we use it here at Point Way. We, we're staying connected as best we can. But it's not the same. I will not succumb to that. It is not the same as getting together, being physically in the same room, eating meals together, connecting with people, interacting, spending that face-to-face -face time. So, it's okay. This time is coming. We're, we're getting closer to that time when we can resume that. But this is what they were doing. This early church was part of helping them grow. This was what the what next. What next to do? Remember when I said, brothers, what do we do next? They got baptized. And here's the, the, some of the principles of some of the things that we need to do. So we need to get in good fellowship. I tell new believers that. You need to find a good church. You need to get connected. And soon, right away, don't let any time go, go by. Don't miss this last part. And again, it's tagged on the end here, but again, it's just as important as the other things. The teaching, the breaking of bread, 
and to prayer. And again, could do a whole message. I've done whole series. I've done whole um, months of sermons on prayer. Prayer is vitally important. You know, I talked about that Holy Spirit and that connection. Part of that has to do with prayer. That is our connector to our Holy Spirit. That aligning ourselves with God, that speaking, that conversation, relationship. Prayer is vital to the believer. It's vital to new believers praying. And again, we could, could do a whole thing on prayer. We've even there's scriptures that talk about prayer, right? It's not length, it's not exact words. In fact, sometimes we don't even have the words, but it's the opening of the heart. And again, prayer is a two-way communication, right? It's not me doing all the talking. In fact, I would say it's more important that I do more listening, listening to what God has to say back to me. It's where I get my marching orders. That's where I get my instruction, my correction. But opening my heart up in prayer, vitally important to the new believer and to all believers. Look at some of the reactions or some of the outpouring. It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and miraculous signs that were done by the apostles. Again, we saw miracles. Jesus did miracles. Guess what? His apostles did miracles. And for a Jew, that was vitally important. They needed to see those things. Those authenticated the message. That was part of the, the signature, if you want, of the message. It gave them the authority to watch those signs. And God used those miracles to draw people, right? A lot of his crowds were drawn because of the miracles that he did, whether it would be healing, feeding, resurrecting. All those things were part of the drawing in of people. And so they were, they were amazed by that. And again, as, as you things happen, that's why we love to have people share, share their testimony, but also share what God's been doing recently. We need that encouragement. We need that um, uplifting. You know, we, we know in our heads that God is still working, but sometimes we don't always see it. And so our other brothers and sisters, when they share what's going on, and then we need to share when God does something in our lives. Again, it helps keep us connected. It encourages us. Verse 44. says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Right? Doesn't mean they always agreed on everything, but they had everything in common. They had that connectedness. And I would, you know, subscribe to you that the connectedness was the Holy Spirit doing that work. You know, I've traveled a, a number of times. I've been blessed to be able to do that. And whether it's in a foreign country or in another state or even sometimes in an airport. I remember not too long ago, I was traveling back from the, from the east and I was in the airport and there was this lady that was sitting just a couple of seats from me uh, in the, the terminal and she was nervous about flying. And so her and her friends were trying to briefly, just a couple of conversations and instantly there was a connection. Her and her friends were trying to, to calm her down, and, and uh, she asked me, she says, are you a believer? She says, I feel like I'm connected to you. And I said, yes, I am. I, and I said, I even, even claimed I was, I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor of a, a church back in Minnesota. And, and she says, oh, would you please just pray with me? I'm really nervous about flying. I've never flown before, and there was some unsettled weather. And so right there in the airport terminal, we just, we just prayed together, these ladies, um, we all grabbed hands and we just prayed. And again, I didn't know her faith. I didn't know her background. I didn't 
didn't even know her name when we first started. But there was that, that commonness of the, our spirits were speaking and saying, you know what, this sister needs some comfort. And I've had that happen many times where, again, you make that instant connection. I've even often said that sometimes my, my church family is even closer than some of my biological family. You know, I have people in my family, cousins and things that are not saved. And so I don't have the same connectedness that I do to my local church body of being together. And again, that's part of the church. Again, we don't always agree and there's things that we disagree, but there's having that commonality in our faith. And out of that, we see the outpouring here, verse 45. Possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. And we talking just this past week as elders about our benevolence fund, and we've kind of let that slide off to the side, and again, we've kind of brought that back together again as, as helping out. Again, I'm not saying we sell all our possessions, unless God's telling you to do that, but giving to those things is important. Helping out our brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a lot on that in giving and meeting those needs. But again, it helps us with connectedness. We want to see the best for that group, keeping us connected, keeping us uh, in like-minded, like spirit. And so they met needs. It's one of the, the functions of the church is meeting needs. Physical, spiritual, emotional. That's all part of it. It's all encompassed in one because we are all parts of that same being. And so at times we need to, to step up and meet some of those needs. Verse 46. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Again, they were doing these things and they were enjoying this, this moment in time. There was some moment in time where there was peace. They weren't being persecuted right at that moment. Things were calm. Holy Spirit was at work and it was pulling these people together, connecting them, helping them understand how to work together. And then he, they just kept meeting. They didn't want to leave. They just wanted to continue to, to fellowship. Again, they would go back to their homes, they would eat, and they would come back again to the court area just to be together. Kind of what we do on a church service, right? A normal week, right? We, we, we meet on Sunday, we, we go home, we might meet during the middle of the week, hopefully we do, usually in a smaller group, and then we rejoice to come back on Sundays again, to come together. Kind of that same model in some ways. But again, because they were doing these things, God kept adding to their number those who were saved, right? That testimony, that testimony of their lives being changed, the, the way they interacted, the way they were fellowshipping together, the way they were praying, the way they were devoting themselves to teaching, God kept bringing people to them. It was attractive. God was drawing people onto himself. And then being that way, kept growing the number of people that were getting saved being that witness. Again, it's the birth of the church here. And a lot of these principles we can use today, because again, 
that part hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit still wants to do that in us. Yes, it does take some work on our part as believers. We have to be mindful, right? We have to be mindful not only of our own church here at Pointway, but the larger church, the Judea, the Samaria, the ends of the earth. And it's one of the things I love about the Alliance. They are very focused on missions and giving. Pointway is focused on giving and missions and reaching out. It's vital to the growth of the kingdom, and we need to continue to do that. And again, it starts here with our local body, and then it goes pours out from there. And so hopefully this morning you can latch on to that, and maybe there's some areas here that, that you're missing. Maybe you haven't spent that time, or maybe God's not spoken to you recently. Maybe the Holy Spirit's not as loud as it used to be. Take a look at it. Maybe there's some things here that we've talked about this morning that you're not doing. Maybe you're not in fellowship. Maybe there's a sin issue. Maybe you've gotten away from reading your scriptures, reading the Bible, or listening to the sermons. doesn't take much to get back to those. Yes, gathering together, we're not able to do that right now, but I really truly believe that we're coming out of this transition and we are going to get back to that. I'm also excited because I think that element of it is going to be more intensified. It's going to be more purposeful. At least that's my hope and my prayer. Because as we've longed and we've missed it, that, that we won't forget that, you know what, for a time we weren't able to do that and now it's going to be more important. We'll take time to do that, to spend time with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So again, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit that's within you, that God's given you as a gift, is alive and active, and that you use it. Use it to align yourself with God's plan. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time this morning. I thank you for uh, being able to, to look at your word. Lord, we thank you for the transition that took place from your death, burial, and resurrection for our sins, Lord, to the birthing of the church, Lord, that your Holy Spirit give us brothers and sisters in Christ, that we're not left alone, that your Holy Spirit is within us. And Lord, that you continue to spur us to reach out, to be your witness to the lost. Lord, help us to do that even in these times. Help us to be devoted to your word. Help us to be devoted in our prayer. Lord, may we be faithful to you in all that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.